Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, October 30th edition. We are here to talk hell in a cell, all kinds of fun stuff. We are brought to you by Onnit. Head over to our podcast page, Fightful.com slash podcast. Open up any of our links. Go there. Click the Onnit blue link that you'll see there in the podcast page. Go check out some supplements, some equipment, some apparel. Also check out TrigTent.com, one of our great sponsors. Get a new, different kind of election coverage. Election day is only, what, eight, nine days away, something like that. So head over to TrigTent.com. Also, DraftBeast.com for all your fantasy football, basketball, hockey needs. Uh, I want to start off this show by uh, extending my condolences to Vince Russo and his family. Uh, His mother passed away today. So uh, regardless of your feelings on him as an entertainer, as a writer, anything like that, please keep him in your thoughts. Uh, Message him. Tell him that he is in your thoughts. That, That means a lot to him. But, yeah, I, I hate that for Vince, and we'd like to extend our condolences uh, to him for that. We've got Hell in a Cell to talk about. I have the man who covered the show here on the podcast. And as I mentioned on Twitter, the downside of me promoting him to associate editor is that now I can't call him, like, the general commissioner sheriff manager of – Monday Night Raw Enterprises and such duty, etc. He is on November seventh, at least. Associate editor Alex Palowski. Alex, are you looking forward to putting in the long hours? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, this is uh, you know living the dream, uh, covering covering the pro graps, uh, doing news and columns and updating photo galleries and events oh, and Twitter God. and. All that crap. Wait to update those photo galleries. Ah. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. We had Hell in a Cell tonight. What did you, you covered the show for us. What did you think of the show as a whole? God, it's really hard to say. I mean, there were a lot of ups and downs, um, but uh, if you're going to say it's a triple main event, you're going to have one start the show 
one right smack dab in the middle and one at the end seemed odd for some reason to me. Uh, I you was, can't have them back to back to back. Well, I mean, it was, but I understood that. But I thought when, when you started with the first one, that the second one would be, you know, because you got it's to sell, so that we don't have to raise it and up and down twice. You know what I mean? Like it was just one of those things. But now, come um, on, this is a company that goes and changes out ropes and then puts tape all over the ropes <laughs> just for cruiserweight matches. Yeah, they I don't know. give a shit about that. No, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. But uh, then again, I'm the path of least resistance guy. Um, yeah. So no, I, I, there were some things that I really enjoyed, but for the most part, I was. I was just confused about a lot of what was going on and certain parts of it, like made me want to like set fire to things, but that's just me. Uh, <laughs> I, I uh, there's some certain things about selling and taking damage and things like that, that kind of are pet peeves of mine that we'll probably discuss as we go through. But uh, they also, the, the finish of a couple of matches felt wrong. I mean, just not, not wrong, but just like, that wasn't what they were supposed to do to finish that match, I'm pretty sure. Uh, things like that. So we'll talk about all that as well. Guys, if this is your first time checking out the Fightful podcast, head over to Fightful.com. We have great coverage of MMA, pro wrestling, and boxing. We want to become your destination for all those things. We had some new visual updates last week. We're updating the forums, I think, this week. Lots of cool stuff. You can download these podcasts on MP3 over there. You can go there, register absolutely free at Fightful.com to get early access to things like the Vince Russo show, which we didn't do on Friday because of Vince's family issues, and the Matt Riddle show, which is on Thursdays. Lots of cool stuff for exclusive free members over at Fightful, but you can also access our news and all that stuff just without an account as well. So head over to Fightful.com. Subscribe to our YouTube. Leave us a thumbs up. Most importantly, please share it. Like right now, go on Twitter. Say, hey, everybody. Fightful Podcast, sup? Please do that, y'all. I liked Hell in a Cell. I liked it from beginning to end. I didn't think there was a single, that, that sticks out to me, bad match. I thought there were some weird endings, some weird things for sure, but there was no match that I watched and I was like, damn, this is a stinker. Yeah. We, did, we I, definitely didn't have any Maria Canellis's versus Brandy Rhodes no. on our on our. Show we, didn't, we did not, and but that's great. And again, uh, I never, almost, almost very rarely, do I ever have a problem with the actual performers and what they do in ring with these shows. It's all the booking. It's all the build to the match was lacking, or 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 whatever. The in ring storytelling because of the the thing they had to get to to tell this story, which was kind of ridiculous. That those are the things that they always have a problem with. But you no, know, I, I thought the actual in ring work was very solid across the board. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, what did you think? I think we'll go – should we go chronologically or reverse order? I mean, I always like doing chronologically, but that's just me. We'll do chronologically. We'll let, we'll let the new associate editor, Diva, have his way. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Cruiserweight match. Now, you, you, you covered the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. Now, what this told me, this match, the crowd was hot for this match. And a lot of people were saying, well, that should say something about how bad the TJ Perkins-Brian Kendrick feud has been booked. I don't necessarily agree with that because this match, Sin Cara, Lince Dorado, Cedric Alexander versus Tony Nese, Arya Davari, Drew Gulak, that is the type of match you want to kick off a show with. Right. 
that's the type of match that you put on. You say, okay, go, go out there and get the crowd moving. Get them making noise. And they sure as hell did that. Yeah, they did. Um, it, it's, uh, I don't, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's a, an indictment of the top feud in the cruiserweight division. I just think it's, they're allowing these guys to do the things that make cruiserweights different and interesting and fun to watch, but they're not allowing the guys to do that in the top feud in that division. So also you, you have, you have the guy in, in that, in this match who is by far the most over in the division who always connects with the crowd, who is destined for great things if only they let him do it, and that's Cedric Alexander. Um, this is a also this is a uh, a match that is uh, like a direct, you know, rematch of the match they had on Superstars this week. Same six guys, uh, some of the same uh, beats in the match. It actually ended the same with Cedric hitting the uh, lumbar check. This time it was Gulak. What are you doing watching Superstars? I watched the Superstars just for this match to see if they were going to do the same stuff okay. tonight that they did before. And they did some of it, but not all of it. Um, but, yeah, Cedric is super – crowd loves him. And I hope they transition the belt from Kendrick to, to Cedric, either Cedric or Rich Swan, because those are the only two guys who are consistently getting a rise out of the crowd. Um, and they don't even have real stories yet. Um, they're trying so hard with the story of, of Kendrick. Uh, I bought you a Big Mac once, so now you have to lose the title to me. Yeah. Uh, that, that, I mean, it's interesting to me, but I'm a story nut. I don't think the crowd cares at all. So uh, we'll see where they go from here. But, um, yeah, I like this match. It was a lot of fun. There was some really great stuff. There was a great spot where there were two Copic on Helos and a suicide dive directly at the hard cam at the same time, which was really, really neat. Uh, I liked it. Uh, I want to see more of these six guys. Also, uh, Tony Nese came to the ring wearing a Skeletor chest plate, and he is officially Evil Neville. He is Neville, and I want more of him. Neville should be Evil Neville, damn it. Well, Neville should be involved in this division in some way. He should be he should be the guy who comes out and challenges Brian Kendrick tomorrow. He should say I'm- I would love Neville. I would have loved Neville as a heel. I always said that Neville should have been the guy that uh, I'll talk about that later. <laughs> Either way, this match got nine minutes, 45 seconds. Good. Uh Roman Reigns and Rusev got 25 minutes, about 24 and a half, actually. I like this match. Uh the the feud has been incredibly one-sided. Yes. Mm. Rusev could be something special. But you know what? Roman Reigns still can be something special. He's something different for sure. Not different than maybe John Cena because there are only a couple of people that get the let's go Roman, Roman sucks chance. And I mean, if if you're getting that, you're probably going to run with it anyway. But yeah. I thought these two did a great job. I thought the match was good. I I hope the feud is over. But at the same time... I hope they use this as a catalyst to rebuild Rusev. Yeah. It's so easy to do. It is not hard to do. 
because we have watched that. Well, they haven't rebuilt Braun Strowman, but they have built Braun Strowman to the point to where I was disappointed to not see Braun Strowman on this pay-per-view. If you would have told me that four months ago, I would have been like, no way, not a chance in hell. My hope is that like Stephanie McMahon shouldn't be emasculating anybody, but I would love to see Lana emasculate Rusev and Rusev feel like he has to prove himself to his woman that he brags about having all the time and that nobody else can have her and that he let her down and that's what sent him off. Roman Reigns, I, I don't know where it's going. They've got him in the United States title scene. What'd you think of the match first off? Uh, the match, uh, was, was pretty decent. Um, anyone who follows, uh, this podcast or my reaction pieces knows that I despise Roman Reigns, the character, not the wrestler. I think he's very good in ring, but the character is just awful. Um, and they had a wonderful, uh, video package that proved how much he was the heel compared to Rusev. Uh, and they still try and book him as this baby face, but not even just a baby face. They book him as a God, like the things that he does, you shouldn't be able to do when, when Rusev puts you in the accolade with a chain, you tap out because you're yeah. a human being. You certainly don't stand up with him on your back. Samoan drop him onto the steel steps and then spear him off of those steps for the win. That is not something a human being does. Uh, it makes because, people resent him, I think. Right. It's, it's a thing that, like, it just, it just isn't, it's not, I mean, if you, if you want him to win the match, then don't book Rusev to put him in that hold. You know what I mean? It's just. I, it, it's very much the Cena thing, because it's like, if they didn't bill him as such an underdog, I might not have a problem with it. If they build him as this ass-kicking machine, that could stand up out of a camel clutch and then spears. I can buy that. Like I've said a million times, he is a six foot two, six foot three, 280, 260. However, I don't know how much the damn guy weighs. He played in the NFL. He's got a famous family who's been in wrestling their whole lives. If he is the underdog, I don't know what the hell everybody else is. And that's okay. Because if you told me he had that pedigree, I'd be like, damn, not somebody I want to mess with. Like I, I would, I would love the idea of him as this monster who you can't defeat. If you booked him in that way, you wrote him in that way. Right now, he's just like, oh shucks, man. I guess that's just me. Uh, yes, sir. And that's that's his thing. And that's not this the is guy. Me the hell off. It's not. It's not cool. Uh, and it also completely nerfs Rusev. Like that move, the accolade. That's done. He can't yeah. ever use that on somebody because it's not believable that somebody doesn't just get out of it. I thought it was he, a stupid-ass finish to begin with, to be right. honest with you. But if you establish that he makes everybody tap out and then you put him in it with a chain and he still doesn't tap out, well, then either Roman Reigns is a god or that move doesn't do anything to anybody anymore. So that's that's the tough one for me. But it's a terrible, thought, terrible finish to begin with. I mean, it legit has hurt people. Yeah. It's not a dangerous move, but Santino flat out said it ended his career. I don't know. Hey, you know, I'm I'm not complaining about not seeing Santino on my screen anymore. (laughs) But feel bad for the guy, although he seems to be doing fairly well. Also, it's just – it's a move that just hasn't worked 
for it worked for Muhammad Hassan, and that's it for the last like twenty five years. Mm-hmm. Not since the Iron Sheik, because they tried it with like the Sultan and a couple other guys. Scott Steiner, kind of, but man, his was such a lazy ass looking version. Like, it really was. He wasn't pulling back. It at was all like an arm trapped rear chin lock, is what that thing was. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, Bailey versus Dana Brooke wasn't terrible, and that's saying something when you're in there with Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke kept it really simple. I really do feel like she works a lot like an NXT live event wrestler a little too much. Mm. The, you know, she does a lot of like, like I said, live event stuff where you interact a little too much with the ref and the crowd and stuff like that. But she, she kept it simple. She worked a body part. She got beat by Bailey. The one takeaway from this match is we don't need camera zooms for knee drops to the arm. Nope. That is unnecessary. I don't want it. I don't need it. If the Walking Dead doesn't need it, when somebody gets their friggin' head sawed off, I sure as hell don't need it for a knee drop, a knee drop to the arm. Yeah. Uh, that That's one takeaway. My other takeaway is that limb work needs to have an effect. Uh, Bailey, Bailey used that damn arm. Every, she used it. She every hit her. single piece of offense she used at the end of that match was dependent on strength in her right shoulder, which was what was being worked the entire match. It's just a thing. It's a. It's a. It's a thing that I have where I can't. I can't switch my brain off with that. You're, you're showing me damage being dealt to that already bad shoulder. And there's no way you can do a belly to a belly to belly without getting a lot of strength into that right shoulder. So it's just a it's just a thing. But you know, I feel like it would be really cool if they found a way for her to win that match without being able to use those moves that are all dependent on her on her right shoulder. That would have been really really great. But you know, too much to ask, I suppose. She hit the elbow with that arm in the corner. Now. That doesn't make you look gritty. It makes you look dumb as shit. Yep. Yeah. Man. Man. Super whack. <laughs> Super whack. But, you know, the match wasn't bad. And that's saying a lot for a Dana Brooke match. Enzo and Cass versus Gallows and Anderson also wasn't bad. Uh, I'm cool with Gallows and Anderson winning the match. But, man, these are a couple of guys who came in with some pretty awesome buzz earlier this year and have just been relegated. And it's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. I've said this a million times. I'm not going to go into details of how I think they should book it, but you got to go with the Enzo is the weak link storyline. It's there. It's waiting for you. It's it's on a silver platter. The people love him. The people care about him. They also love and care about big cast. And they love and care about them as a team, too. Yeah. Um, and, and sorry to cut you off. Enzo is getting better in the ring. That's a good thing. Yes, uh, there was a, there was something that it's not what you're talking about where he's booked as the weak link, but I do like that he's overconfident. That's something that's pretty cool. Like he went in there after after uh, you know, Cass took a tumble to the outside. He blind tagged himself in off of that move. Went in and he thought he was going to take on the Good Brothers by himself. And for a while he was doing okay, but then he got caught. I like that as a thing because he, who is this guy if not ridiculously overconfident? So have him be that also as a wrestler and have it get him into trouble. That's a different way you could book that whole thing. I mean, 
I, I think it's good that they, they're bulletproof. They can lose 10 in a row. They lost two in a row to the Shining Stars, for cripes sakes. And it was it's funny. That, water off a duck's back. It's funny that you mentioned this. This, re- this reminded me of, a, of like an experience that I kind of went through. There was this girl, baddest chick in town. Like None of the other girls would like mess with this girl. She would beat the brakes off of her, off of anybody. She had this really tiny little friend. Who thought she was just like a badass? Like she she could do whatever her big badass friend could do. She would run her mouth to everybody, and her big badass friend would get her out of it. Until one day, she got into a fight, and as it turns out, she was a badass. She kicked the living shit out of like two girls. She was scrappy doing these these girls. It was ridiculous. I wouldn't mind seeing that out of Enzo at some point. And to a degree, it did happen, as you mentioned tonight. Then it caught up with him. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's definitely, just, it's such a natural story, though. Like these natural stories are there, and the thing is, and, and maybe I'm alone in this, Alex. But if I know what's coming, I don't mind as long as it's good. Sure. Yeah, I mean, there's there's that. I mean, there's I I I mean, I'll I'll mind more than if it's good and I didn't see it coming, but. Sure. Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying there. And yes, it is. It's one of those painfully obvious storylines they should be doing, but they're just not, I feel like, out of spite. Like, everyone is supposed to do this, we're not going to do it. Um, but to go back to the match, like, Gallows and Anderson needed this win. You can't keep telling us they're a dominant team while they keep losing matches. So, uh, yeah, they had to win this. And I don't know what, what goes on. From here on out, we'll get to the rest of the tag team scene on Raw in a sec. But, I mean, this whole thing seems to be setting up, uh, you know, can these tag teams from Raw coexist in a Survivor Series match? Because there really isn't anything really resembling a true title scene in the tag division on Raw right now. I'm glad that they're doing this secondary feud and Enzo and Cass being involved means that people care, at least to some degree. Yep. Or at least a good portion of people care. I don't want to generalize or anything like that because people will be like, oh, I don't care. I you do know, I, care. I do kind of wish they had saved that uh, my, my hand is a microphone, the crowd will say it for me thing for tonight because that was such a magical thing on Monday on Raw. But I did appreciate how far Enzo had to go to get that Toy Story joke to work. Like, that was a, that was a setup that lasted about 45 seconds before he realized, oh, Andy is tattooed on the bottom of Big Cass's boot. That, like, that's, that's ridiculous how, how, what an effort he had to go through to get there. But, I mean, it, there was just so much pandering. And for two guys who were supposed to be from New York, talking great about the Red Sox and Boston just nah. felt kind of hollow. But like, there's so much good stuff they could say. Like, you don't have to do that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Hell in a Cell, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. This match was really good. Um, Great. Seth Rollins had the K tape on. My favorite line is Corey Graves, who I usually love saying, "Ripping that K tape tape off is like having flesh ripped off the bone." No, it's not. It hurts much less than regular tape, in my experience. But still, no. I, I, I wonder if it was there for a reason or just for storyline. Either way, something tells me he's going to need some K-tape after a power-bombing Kevin Owens yeah. deadlift style. Yeah, yeah. Holy crap. 
man. Now, see, now, you tell me if I'm wrong. The way I understand K-tape is that it is for pulled muscles and joint, like, work, right? Like, it's, they seem to be selling it as though it's something that protects you from bruises. Like, like, nope. he, like he, he, got, he got power bombed onto the ring apron, and now he's wearing K-tape to protect that vital area from when he gets power bombed again. And that's not how K-tape works. So either they're really stupid or they think we are. Because that's not how, and like, oh no, Kevin, he removed the K-tape. Now his back is exposed. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense, God. whatever. Uh, but, but yeah, the, the match was, was really, really great. Um, that, that spot you mentioned where, uh, where he couldn't quite get Kevin up the first time. So they, it looked yeah. like it was almost going to be a styles clash for a second. <laughs> I, I thought so too. <laughs> Which would have been really interesting. But, uh, yeah, that, that power bomb that uh, I, I always love when guys do ridiculously intricate table setups and then get put through them themselves. Yeah. Wasted by my own petard. It, it always feels good to me to watch that happen. Uh, but both these guys were great. I love the the inclusion of Jericho being able to get in there after Kevin Owens accidentally squirted the ref in the face with a fire extinguisher. Uh, so they had yeah. to get him out. That was all really well. Like It's totally overbooked in a really great way, and I'm totally fine with it. Everything was really, really good. Uh, and this is how, this is how you organically create your baby face. You have him get screwed over by the heels, not by having him complain about how everything used to be handed to me, and now you're handing it to him. Like, who likes that guy? You know, this is the guy we want to root for, the guy who gets screwed over, not the guy who, like, whines about how he used to be the favorite son and now he's not, you know? Conor McGregor is perhaps the well, not perhaps he is the most over fighter in MMA. Whether it's heel face, whatever, but there are more people that that like him than probably any other fighter. Maybe save Ronda Rousey, maybe than any, and he has shit handed to him all the time, all the time, and people complain about it. And you know what happens? People don't like those people. What happens? Uh, Jericho got involved. Uh, they they double teamed. Rollins and Owens won as he should have. Yeah, I love the, the like modified Falcon Arrow on the apron. That was cool. It was disgusting. Yep. You know it's funny. I see people bitching that they're like, "Oh, do they have to say it's the hardest part of the ring every time?" It's like, well, before I remember before it happened, everybody said, especially those in the business, were like, "They never say that it's the hardest part of the ring." So now it's like they, they went really overkill with it, and they say it every single time. Like, if you look at the apron, they're like, oh, he's looking at the hardest part of the ring right now. God damn. <laughs> he's if, you're, if you're covering an Aaron Young match, then you're talking about the hardest part of the ring about 30 seconds in, because as I like to bring up, he does that shit about, like, he does it before the bell rings. He's backdropping you on the apron. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Now that was, the, the finish was also great. The power bomb through the chairs. That was a really, really great finish. That was the way that that's how you had to finally take out Rollins because he just wouldn't stay down. I'm um, I'm all about that. I love new vicious son of a bitch Kevin Owens as opposed to cowardly Kevin Owens. I love this guy. This is the guy that I loved to hate in NXT. 
bring me more of that guy. Even if he's getting an unfair advantage by having his buddy in the ring with him, have him be as vicious as possible and not run away from a one-on-one fight or, you know, be the straight man in a comedy trio featuring Chris Jericho and a goddamn clipboard. Now, come on. That's great stuff. Now, here's why normally I would be okay with the, the sniveling, scared Kevin Owens if they had kept his original gimmick going. Because his original gimmick always was, I want the title because that means more money for my family. Sure. Now, if he were scared and sniveling and running away, that's him wanting to hold on to that more money and doing whatever it takes to hold on to that more money. But they don't do that. I've always said they need to bring money up more in wrestling. I think it's okay. They did it with Heath Slater, and it worked out great. Yep. It worked out awesome. It got him over. Well, I think a lot more than that got him over, but he got himself over. Kevin Owens won. Chris Jericho hit a code breaker on Seth Rollins. You think we're moving on to Seth Rollins and Chris Jericho? But but here's the thing. Chris Jericho entered his and Kevin Owens' names in the running for the Survivor Series match. Right. Survivor Series, which, as I mentioned on the Impromptu Saturday podcast, is going to be like 32 hours long, I think. You excited to cover that? Oh, gee, overjoyed. Overjoyed. It's going to oh, be You're great. on salary now, buddy. You don't get any extra. For this. <laughs> I know. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> You got Bring me. On, WWE. You got me. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm pretty sure that WrestleMania next year will be 12 hours long, and you'll get me for a bargain. <laughs> uh, no, I mean I'm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, entering his name into the thing, I don't know. That necessarily means they're going to be, um, you know, in in that match. I do feel like uh, if you're going to make it four hours long, they're going to add other matches that aren't the Survivor Series stuff. Plus, there's Goldberg and Lesnar. So I feel like they're going to add some other stuff to it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Owens versus somebody as a separate match from the from the Survivor Series matches. Uh, same thing with Styles versus somebody, just to get those titles out there and make them real. Speaking of somebody, somebody asked, what's next for KO? Actually, that somebody is 777 who gets pissed off when I refer to them as somebody. But... What is next for KO? That there's no clear contender. No. no. Well, here's here's something worth bringing up. Maybe nobody's next for KO because they got a Survivor Series match. Right, and that's very possible too. Uh, one thing that I that I that I was hoping might might go down because I think it would be huge, especially in Toronto, is the Owens versus Jericho match because they're both from Canada it would be a huge deal. Uh, I think they they be hugely over there and you know you get a lot of great dueling chants and everyone would would love anything either of those guys would do be kind of a cool grudge match i don't think they have enough time to build to it so you know I, they go into the home depot or something they don't have <laughs> enough time right are you lost on the reference i think i might i might be from old school come on oh yes 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 yes, yes. jesus alex listen i jumped the gun demoted <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know what? It's been a long time since I've seen. You got a background in theater. That's a cinematic classic. Oh, that's true. I believe I've seen it three or four times, but the movie came out 15 years ago. Oh, come on. It was 13 years ago. <laughs> <sighs> so I, I think Seth Rollins and maybe Kevin Owens and maybe Chris Jericho are all on the Raw team. I mean, yeah. That'd be interesting. Awesome. By the 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. By the way, I was told there are discussions about a cruiserweight Survivor Series elimination match. Don't know if it'll happen, but there are discussions. Speaking of cruiserweights, Brian Kendrick and TJ Perkins. Now, there was good and bad with this. The crowd did not give a shit about this match. They didn't. And it, it was... A rough spot to be in after Rollins and KO anyway. But, you know, you know for all the <laughs> – there's a lot of – I wish I could do a full podcast on this this psychology argument. A lot of people are like, too many flips, too many flying. And I'm like, okay, well, have you ever watched Anthony Showtime Pettis fight real fights? Because he does shit like that all the time. I watch people do cartwheel kicks all the time. That's not a big deal to me. Then people are like, well, they don't sell. Well, you know what? They don't sell in real fights either. So are you saying it's not realistic because they don't sell in real fights either? What really gets me is when TJ Perkins is supposed to be a world champion caliber wrestler and he doesn't know to sit out of a bulldog headlock. Now, there are some cases Carlos Newton got choked out with it. Ashley Evan Smith got choked out with it. It is a legitimate finishing move. But when Brian Kendrick doesn't have his body across your back, nothing's preventing you from sitting out. That bothers me a lot more than a flip or a no-sell in a pro wrestling match. I'm supposed, I can buy that people aren't going to pretend they're going to be hurt. I can buy that people use their athleticism towards their, to their advantage. I can't buy that a world champion-level wrestler doesn't know how to get out of an elementary-level move. Other than that, thought the match was good. I thought I thought it was one of their better matches, maybe their best match. Yeah. No, they they've been pushing this narrative of, you know, Marcellus Wallace and Butch in the bar on Pulp Fiction in the fifth your ass goes down. Uh and I I'm not opposed to it, but they've been pushing it so hard that eventually you just got okay, we get it. We know what's going to happen. And that's that's where you're talking about where um, if you know what's going to happen, if if the match is good, is it still kind of lackluster? And for the, for me, it was. You kind of knew it was going to be this thing of like either Kendrick's going to play possum or whatever, and Perkins is going to take his eye off the ball. He's going to get rolled up or whatever, and that's going to be the end of the match. That's when that's when I have the problem with predictability. When me and you can see it. Right. Sitting in our office, yeah. But we're supposed to believe that TJ Perkins, who made it through a tournament of what thirty-two people, right, and supposedly rode with this guy forever, and right. the dude bought him Atari Jaguars or whatever the shit they did together. I don't know. Yeah. Playing, linking up and playing Pokemon on their Game Boy colors. I don't care about right. that. Yeah, but I, I'm supposed to believe that TJ Perkins doesn't see that coming. He's a dumbass. Then yeah. he's an exactly. idiot. Exactly, but there's the other things. Not, not the man himself, but the character T.J. Right, Perkins right. is an they, idiot now. Right. Well, they're also it's it doesn't he's not helped by the fact that the writing staff keeps writing these terrible things, you know, clunky video game references for him to spout, and you know, making him into this you know 
you know, I don't know. Let's put some rubbing alcohol in this situation and get it all sorted out. <laughs> you got to take the what a down, blow on it, and it's going to reset. Like, it's just, um, it's not okay. Uh, I don't like that. And you can do something with him that's not that. Uh, but the other thing was that, I don't know if you noticed this, but that the, the, the big devious underhanded thing that Kendrick tried in this match was partially unraveling one of Perkins wrist wraps and then wrapping it back around the bottom rope to tie him to the rope. But the tape didn't stick when he wrapped it around the rope and it was very obvious that it didn't. So it was just Perkins holding on for dear life to the rope that he didn't want to hold on to. And the audience saw it and they hated it and they turned on the match and there was nothing they could do from then on out. Um, It just is one of those things where you might've overthought things and put yourself into a place where nothing was going to happen. And now, now you get, now it's good that Kendrick has the belt. He should have the belt. Now you have guys who are chasing it. Have Perkins get his rematch tomorrow, lose that match and then move on. Have him be part of the pack of all these other guys, you know? But I, I mean, Cedric Alexander, I think, is going to make or break this iteration of the Cruiserweight division because he is far and away just the most exciting and talented. And, I mean, he's super over, and I want to see him versus Kendrick because um, if Perkins is so athletic that Kendrick has no cha- choice but to beg Perkins to lose to him, then what's he going to do against Alexander? So, I kind of figured that the title was going to be put on Brian Kendrick because he's the only one that Vince McMahon knows. And as I said on Twitter, he would have put the title on China over this crew of guys that he has just because he knows who they are. Eh. I just – it's such a crappy storyline, such a shitty storyline. Yep. And it really wasn't hard to have Neville come out, turn heel, and say that he's the reason the cruiserweight division existed and to just beat the shit out of TJ Perkins and beat him. It wouldn't have been that hard. Yep. We got a little bit of Russo booking in the next match. And I say that affectionately. <laughs> New Day versus Cesaro and Sheamus. It's a, a good match, I thought. Very good match. a couple match. spots. A couple spots I didn't like, but, man, a fun-ass match. So there was this awesome transition into the sharpshooter where Xavier Woods is put in it by Cesaro. Sheamus goes outside, hits – he hits a Big E with Francesca, and then he attacks Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston then attacks Sheamus, and the ref sees it as Xavier is tapping out, but DQs the New Day. If you're extending the rain to pass demolition, I think this is clever. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. But uh, I don't know. I don't – because these two teams are going to have to be in that Survivor Series match. They you need think. to be. Yeah. And if that's the case and they extend this to roadblock, New Day's holding the t- – they're, they're going to break the record. They'll mm-hmm. break it by like five or six days. And that, that's fine. They, they pretty much – they really deserve to. But what do you think of the finish? Uh, I like the – it's convoluted, but I think it worked. Um, I do agree that this is a fun, interesting new way to get the new day to 
break the, the that longest tag reign record because I think that's ultimately what they're going for. Um, and I just don't know what this where this puts Cesaro and Sheamus. Like they never really fully worked together. Like there were some some good tagging, but they you know still were arguing before the before the match and their little backstage segment. And you know Sheamus got pissy that Cesaro's music interrupted his. And they're we're gonna keep doing this, I think, until like fast lane or something. Like it's it's just gonna keep going where they can't seem to get on the same page because. WWE doesn't understand how to move from one chapter of the story to the next. So they just keep repeating it over and over and over again. And, and we're stuck, you know, in neutral. So um, I really hope that there's a, a, a movement forward. I'm really wary about what these next three weeks on raw are going to be leading up to survivor series because they're not building toward matches against one another for the most part. So, like, is it just like, hey, I wonder if you and I could be on the same team, even though we hate each other, like, for three hours. Like, that just feels like that's what that's what the next three weeks are going to be, and I, I, I just can't wait to cover it for Fightful.com. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine this is going to a roadblock, and I'm okay it- – Hot damn, I think they can get Cesaro and Sheamus over if they do the right stuff by then. But I'm not going to count on it. I'm certainly as hell not going to hold my breath. But these are two guys that I think they can get over. But, I mean, maybe maybe they're not. Maybe they're too far gone. For all the people that said that Cesaro was, like, getting screwed out of main event spots, I don't agree with that. In the ring, sure. Outside the ring, no. No. He's just... He's just not that guy, in my opinion. But he's he's a good hand to have, especially for stuff like this. So next up, main event. Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair. Jesus Christ, I love this match. Yeah. I loved it, and I did not have a problem with the ending. The Well, the small problem I had was Maybe Charlotte should have had the title going into this and then Sasha win it because it's her hometown, history-making moment. They should have had some more foresight for that. But at the same time, they've got Charlotte running a pretty righteous pay-per-view winning streak, which can continue next month in this Survivor Series match with ease. I'm cool with that. Um, They had some kick-ass spots. I had somebody that tweeted me and said – Oh, what are they doing that they couldn't have done without the cage? And I'm like, hey, did you watch the damn match? <laughs> that that like Spider-Man spot, essentially, oh. where she held onto the cage and then did the double knees. That's instantly one of my favorite spots in Hell in a Cell history. I thought that was unbelievable, Alex. Yeah. Um, I'm totally on board with you. I I love that this match was instantly incredibly different from the other two Hell in a Cell matches on the same night. Uh, because it started without the Hell in a Cell around them, and they lowered it onto them, and then the sneak attack by Charlotte, and you know, brawling out into the crowd, uh, climbing up the outside of the cell, you know, you know, letting the women be the people who break the Spanish announce table, which has to break in every pay per view, uh, yes. all that stuff. You know, the whole. I mean, like, there's. I know it's cheesy, but 
they're about to announce that Charlotte has won by forfeit and Sausage Banks just gets right up off of that stretcher, slaps an EMT, pulls off her neck brace and gets in the ring. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, we, we saw it coming, but I liked it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was – I mean, I, I honestly, though, I did not see uh, see coming JoJo getting on the mic and saying – well, I, I guess Sasha can't compete, so I guess your new champion. It, like, I didn't think that was a thing that was going to happen. I did think Sa- Sasha was going to get back up, but I didn't realize they were just going to announce a forfeit. So, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty great. All the spots inside were great. Um, such great back-and-forth action. I mean, they really told that story well. They were both doing dynamite stuff in the ring. Um, I, it did feel like... Sasha was supposed to go through that table at the very end, but they just gave up on oh, it. Yeah, and she wasn't going through a table. No, they they wanted her to. She wasn't going through a table. No, uh, and it also felt like Charlotte wasn't supposed to go through that table on the outside. <laughs> she went through, and they kind of ad libbed it, which honestly makes the match even more impressive. But they were able to ad lib they... some stuff in there, you know. Hey, you know what? If I fight somebody and we're talking about realism here and I try to put them through a table, you know, sometimes that's not going to work. Right. The table's not always going to break. In fact, from what I've seen on a world star, quite often it doesn't happen at all. Sometimes you just bounce off the table. Yeah. It happens. What, what did you think of the decision to start the, the match outside the ring? Oh, I thought it was great. I thought all of the, the early booking of that match was – I mean, I was immediately – Oh, oh, wow. This is different. This is okay. What's going on? You know, as opposed to the other two matches just started with, you know, like they were regular wrestling matches in the ring that happened to have a big cage around it. This was a completely different thing. This, this felt for the, like for the very first time in weeks, like a blood feud, like what it was supposed to be. Like it felt like these two women hated each other. Was before it was like, I'm going to make history and you're going to be there too. So that's pretty cool, huh? Like it was not. Yes. This, this felt like it was real. Like they wanted to hurt each other. And that's what a hell in the cell match needs to be. So I'm glad that they, that they course corrected and made it into that. Um, I also wanted, before we see- get, I wanted to go before ahead. We get too far into it. I wanted to say, I also love that these two women had basically uh, WrestleMania entrances. Like yeah. Charlotte comes in riding on a throne, being carried by four centurion Roman guards, and and Sasha comes in through the through the sunroof of an Escalade. That's great. Like you could like they it was it was made even more special by having them you know really use this uh, as a as a history making moment and giving it the weight it needed from the beginning before the match even started. But uh, yeah, go ahead. You were saying. Did you see the interview that Sasha did where she brought up that her and Charlotte were both backstage? Obviously, we know why Charlotte was backstage at WrestleMania 24, but it's really come full circle. Like, Sasha was there with Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Charlotte was there with her dad, who was retiring. Eight and a half years later, and here these two are, main eventing a WWE pay-per-view. And that's pretty awesome. And oh my God, the amount of shit that I heard. Oh. Yep, me too. All the, the fake outrage. Oh, they're going to get hurt. These two are adults. Yeah, they've screwed up a couple times. 
show me a wrestler that hasn't screwed up. Because, you know, I know Bret Hart says, I never hurt anybody. I never hurt anybody. No offense to him, but he worked in an era of steroids and painkillers. There were a lot of guys who were working, whether they were hurt or not. Paul Orndorff worked with a friggin' atrophied arm for half, for half his career. So everybody's hurt somebody. Everybody's screwed up. Nobody is perfect in any field. Yeah. In any field. And they went out there and they shut everybody up. I, I thought they did awesome. I thought the match was was great. It was what it was. I, I had somebody say, well, it was just a spot fest. That's It's a hell of a cell match with two people that hate each other. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, good with that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what else it could have been at that point. I mean, the, the thing for me is that there were, there were only two points where I felt like Sasha was in danger in any way. The first was the power bomb through the announce table because it just felt like it wasn't, it didn't break correctly. Um, because she's like 110 pounds. So like it's, it's geared to break when a, when a dude who's 250 plus lands on it. Not 110. So it just felt like it didn't, it didn't give as much as normal. And the other one was that monkey flip, where it felt like they were a little too far away from the thing and she might have landed oh, yeah. on her head. But that's it. Everything else, I felt like they were in complete control. They did everything exactly as they were supposed to. And, yeah, we need to trust them to be performers and do in the ring what the men do. But that was it. I'm not tired of these two wrestling yet. And I'm glad because they're going to need to wrestle a little bit more. Mm-hmm. They're going to do the Survivor Series thing, of course. They're probably going to wrestle a couple more times, and then I'd say maybe the Bailey triple threat match at Mania. Maybe. I think that this thing, um, the thing for me is, especially now they've, they've continued it, that singles pay-per-view win streak of Charlotte's is important, and they are going to end it in an important way. It's either going to be at the Rumble or it's going to be at Mania. Like, you, it can only be at one of the big four. Uh, she's going to be in the Survivor Series match. So even if Raw, the team of her, she's on and Raw loses, that doesn't break the streak because it's singles matches. She's lost tag matches. At, at, at I think they'll win it. I think they'll win it because I, at this point they do because yeah, SmackDown do. has looked like the stronger women's oh. brand. And we just a few months ago we were like, man, SmackDown's hurting. No, oh. not now. Yeah. Not with uh, – especially since Paige got hurt. Right. Like we thought Paige was going to be a factor. Paige right. ain't a factor. Yeah, no, it's. It, I would not be surprised to see Raw sweep the Survivor Series matches just because it's Vince and he wants to keep the flagship. Happen. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean, hey, at least American Alpha will do something on that show. We yeah. assume, unless they have him lose to Breezango, which you might like. Well, well, I'd rather have Breezango in there than the Hype Bros. But that's, I mean, like, have you been watching Breezango's backstage stuff? Yeah, where I they're have. wearing cop outfits. If they start the only faction, watch them, <laughs> I know. If they start a faction called the Fashion Police. Where they just come in and they're wearing their, their <laughs> terrible male stripper cop outfits, and they start discussing Mojo's terrible Zubas shorts. Like that's that's all I need from from Brazil you know, right now. I would love. Okay, Ryan Cook, who covers SmackDown for us, he dresses a little differently than most people. I would love. He is. He's like. He's pretty close to me. We figure. I figured out like. He is maybe 20, 30 minutes from the gym that, I, that I've had for like the last eight years that I've worked at on and off, well, managed uh, fighters from. I would love to take him to the Arnold Classic 
<laughs> where he couldn't be more different and have him do like fashion mishaps at the Arnold for Fightful. <laughs> That'd be great. Love it. We got some segments coming to yeah. Fightful.com. Yeah, let's start with beef up this YouTube channel. Oh, I, I'm, I'm working on it. I reached out to, hey, you all remember uh, Abortion Monologue Girl? I've reached out to her. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about you, Anna. If you put together a sample, that'll be up on Fightful.com. Uh, I'm working on some more video content because now that Alex will be coming on full time, it'll help me produce some more different stuff. A lot of you may have seen it. My former employer, I got out and I interviewed people more often. We got a ton of interviews coming up. Lots of exclusives, by the way, over at Fightful.com. We have exclusives on George St. Pierre. We have exclusive interviews. Vince Russo's latest exclusive is, I killed WCW? Go after yourself. Also, we have an exclusive on Billy Corgan and the TNA lawsuit saying that he may walk away with nothing. But we'll find that out tomorrow, so stay tuned to the site. Lots of cool stuff. We cover MMA, pro wrestling, boxing, all that good stuff, guys. Go to our live viewing parties. We have the Discuss forums or the Discuss boards. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Lucha Underground, Bellator, UFC, boxing, all that stuff. Manny Pacquiao fights next weekend. Watch the fights or don't watch the fights, but just talk in there. That's the place to be. We'll answer a few questions because we have a few more minutes. What the hell are they doing with Nia Jax? She might be the next singles feud for somebody. Right. I mean, that's the thing is that for, for Bailey or Sasha or Charlotte, right? Uh, I think that you can move Charlotte on to Bailey, and I think you could have Sasha run afoul of Nia Jax because that is a that is a size difference that I would love to see in the ring. It would be kind of cool because remember Sasha was out of NXT by the time Nia was in there, so they never had a chance to have any matches together like like Bailey and, and Nia did. And as far as what they're doing with Nia right now. I mean, who else is there for her to wrestle? She's already proven she can demolish Alicia Fox whenever she wants. There Summer are Rae ain't around, so she can't Summer beat her Rae's up. She's not around. Paige isn't around. They, they, they don't have any – I mean, I'm, I'm done with her and jobbers. She's already proved that she can squash a girl in 40 seconds flat. I, I want to see her up against the real competition in this division. And the problem is, is that with Charlotte having the belt, there's no, there's no way you can book that as a feud. It's weird because they have a lot of depth based on potential. Like they wanted Dana Brooke to be something. She's not going to be that. She's not going to be what they want. Bailey can be whatever they make her. Nia Jax, they know what they want to make her. They just don't want to have her beat or make her look susceptible yet. Sasha Banks and Charlotte are doing their own thing. Paige has all the potential in the world, but can't she get her head on straight? Right. Uh, Emelina, we've seen what she can do. She's got all the potential in the world, but I get the feeling they're going to give up on that pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, I think Alicia Fox is fantastic, but she is right now what she is always going to be. That's This is her ceiling at this point, unfortunately. And Summer Rae, I, right. she's not around. She's not. I, I worry about this Emelina thing because of yeah. the – like it's a terrible idea for a gimmick. Like just an Instagram model. Like that's not that's not a wrestler. I don't know what that is. She was great as Evil Emma with the aviator shades and the half gloves and the shoulder pads. She was great. Why would you break that up? Why would you stop that? But they did. Uh, but the thing is, is that I, I worry it's going to be something like they're doing with Kurt Hawkins, where they run vignettes for a month 
he shows up he he can't get he can't get on the on any 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 wrestling you know he made his debut on main event he wrestled a, he wrestled a match on main yeah. event they just shunted him off of smackdown because they already gave up on it because it's terrible you know i don't know what this emelina thing is but i worry for emma cuz she's much better than that she is she's inc- she really reinvented herself in NXT and i wish they let people more people do that uh, send apollo cruz back there yeah you mean to tell me NXT couldn't stand to have Apollo Crews back? Well, they would probably love it, first off, and he he really needs it. They 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 need a higher quality of people. Like they're the reason that they're having Oscar wrestle Mickey James in Toronto <laughs> instead of somebody else is because they don't have any girls who are ready to do it. You know what I mean? I mean, I would personally, I would much rather see another Nia Oscar match. Than Oscar versus Mickey James, because it's just you know I mean they're, they're, it's it's dangerously close to that match they where they gave the Ascension because the Ascension were beating everybody in NXT tag team so they brought back too cool for the Ascension to wrestle oh, yeah. at one of the one of the takeovers like how does that how does that solve any problem you got to be able to like use these and and these people who are at the bottom level of the main roster should be able to float back and forth and have a couple of singles matches down at NXT because it would, it would do wonders for the guys that are wrestling down there who need to work with better guys. And it would help them to have chance to actually get exposure in some way. There's another issue I wanted to bring up that I just happened to be reminded of, you know, H- Hogan's like written out of all, everything. Benoit is now Benoit. What Benoit did is probably the, the worst catastrophe in, wrestling PR history. Jimmy Snuka is Moolah is still heavily, like highly regarded in these video packages. And I won't get into the stuff that Moolah is accused of doing or did. I'll just say this had the internet and social media been around when Moolah was, Mm. uh, she certainly wouldn't be in any video packages right now. She certainly wouldn't be in any highlight videos about the women, regardless of, of how long she owned, literally owned the title, which is why she held it so long. She did some shitty stuff. I just think it's a little weird, you know, that she, I don't think that the other people should be included. I think maybe she shouldn't be because she was a shitty person. A shitty person. But that's something that doesn't get tackled a lot. And, you know, I'm not like complete, I'm not the most educated person on the situation, but hot damn. Guys, please remember to leave us a thumbs up on the video. It helps out a lot. Also, subscribe to our YouTube page. That's pretty cool when you do that. You can uh, download audio of it a few hours after the show over at Fightful.com slash podcast. If you don't like MMA, pro wrestling, or boxing, you can go to individual pages. We have Fightful.com slash wrestling slash MMA slash boxing. Lots of cool stuff there. Like I said, we've had exclusive stories up nonstop. We've broken all kinds of news under our exclusive sections. So go check that out. We're going to be updating it with a feature section soon. Soon. I don't know how soon, but soon. Like I've been telling you all, iTunes is coming soon. Well, they need to step on the gas apparently because they are taking forever to approve our show. Alex, anything to tell these people before we go? You will not be on the post raw show tomorrow. You'll be on the SmackDown show, if I if I remember correctly. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, yeah we should, we'll figure that out. And, and uh, it looks like I will be on the uh, SmackDown show. 
so I, I, I may not be around for the spooky Halloween spectacular. Shit. Jesus Ooh. Christ. On a bike. <laughs> oh, my God. I would rather... Yeah. Like, I would rather snort nails than watch WWE Halloween-themed humor. It's going to be so great. They're going to bring the back the Boogeyman and Papa Shango. And I, I would love a Papa Shango return. Give me the Papa Shango return. Because I was so <laughs> pissy that they didn't even mention him during... You're going to induct the friggin' Godfather. But not Papa And you Shango. don't even bring up that he was Papa Shango, and that he was involved in the main event, even if he screwed up the main event of WrestleMania. <laughs> he did. He was involved. <laughs> he was. Hey, yeah. you know what? You want to know how serious I am about the Papa Shango thing? Yeah, please tell me. I don't decorate my – well, I, I decorate a little bit. I don't decorate my my table, my office table with much, but uh, – Ooh. How about How about this? How about this for you? Oh, shit. There we go. I volunteered at a Boys and Girls Club of America, and a kid gave me that as a Christmas gift. So I've kept it ever since. Pretty cool. That, that Pretty kid, cool. That kid's a keeper. I was like, well, my question was, where the hell did you get this first off? Because <laughs> the toy was like four times as old as him, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, man. Either way, guys, thank you so much. We we passed a traffic milestone on the site this, uh, I think today, yesterday, something like that. But keep supporting the site. Share it in fa- on Facebook, in Facebook groups, Twitter, Reddit, all that cool stuff. It really, really, really helps when you share our articles. Like I can't understate that enough. It is very, very important to us that you retweet the stuff, that you share the stuff, things like that. Because uh, our us being successful allows us to do more of these shows. Etc. Guys, you can follow Alex at Pawlowski the fourth. Correct. Hot damn. Follow yep. us at Fightful Online. We're getting our Facebook fixed. I know that the links aren't posting right up there right now. We're getting that fixed very soon. I think we may create a specialized RSS feed to pull the stories. But we, we do know that that's a little messed up. Either way, go click like on that stuff. Also, please follow us on Twitter at Fightful Online. You'll get all of our stories. Until next time, guys, we are out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.